Hello, Marvelites. Welcome to episode number 76 of This Week in Marvel, the official Marvel podcast of all news, information, new releases, and horse-throated... Coughing fits. Coughing-fisted hosts, something like that. I'm Ryan Panagos, a.k.a. Agent M, Executive Editorial Director for Marvel's Digital Media Group, joined by... Ben Morse, editor of Marvel.com, excited to embark upon the next 75 episodes of This Week in Marvel. The road to 100. I guess, I guess, yeah, I was going to say the road to 150, because I'm just going to celebrate every 75. That's oh, the big anniversary. Okay. Yes, That's the fine. road to 100 is on, and to celebrate, we are joined by our uh, world-hopping, escapading intern, Lane Gomez, who's who's in this week, yes, in a is. rare treat. Where did you just get back from? California. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you were in Puerto Rico, then yes. you stopped back here for a little while, mm-hmm. then you went to California. Yeah. Now you're back. Yeah. You're getting tanner by the second. What part of California? <laughs> Los Angeles. Oh. Yeah. Did you have a good time? Yes. Good. Good. But here we are. Here we are on another episode of This Week in Marvel. Ryan's voice is a little. Suffering this week. Last week we had hanging in there. Uh, Friday, I had friend friends of mine in a band. They played a show, and so I was singing along with them. And then went to wrestling on Friday night after the the music show. And then Saturday we did interviews all day long and cheering at uh, WrestleMania Hall of Fame. And then we did Sunday more interviews and screaming our heads off at WrestleMania. And I guess I'm the only one who was screaming loudest. I was a few rows ahead of Ryan uh, with just my wife and Arun Singh and Michelle, his wife. And it was more of a, an intimate double date setting, whereas you were in a crowd of crazy people I had, just yelling like crazy. I had my wife. I had Morbius writer Joe Keating. Mm-hmm. We had Blake Garris and Blake's friend Josh. And we were surrounded by drunkards yeah. and crazy people, and everyone was having a blast. We had a great time, but yeah, I definitely did not. Yeah, I, I yelled enough. I, I don't. I don't. I don't know where this went wrong, like or right. For me, yeah. For you, I don't know why your voice is so much more. Because it started than out with the the rock show. I think on that's Friday. what it is. Because yeah. yeah, I was making noise, but my voice is not anywhere near that. But anyway, I had no time to rest. Anyway. Bear with us. Right into things yeah. with new comics on sale for this week, starting with Age of Ultron number five, written by Brian Michael Bendis, pencils by Brian Hitch, inks by Paul Neary, and colors by Paul Mounts. And this is this is the big turning point issue mm-hmm. in the series. Uh, the the heroes have found Nick Fury's bunker with plenty of surprises, both uh, in terms of people, in terms of equipment, in terms of. Uh, possible solutions to the Ultron problem. And that's really at the heart of this issue. I don't want to give anything away because it's it's got a lot of fun stuff, a lot of fun interactions, some more background on on how things got the way they, you know, the way it is and where uh, it could all be going. And I know a bunch of people have questions about the rest of the world and how it's been affected by uh, Ultron, you know, we saw New York and we saw Chicago and we saw various places, but you start to see that it, it's not just isolated. I mean, this Ultron is is a bad dude. Yeah. And, of course, we will be talking more about Ultron and Age of Ultron this Friday on the This Week in Marvel Age of Ultron podcast. It's going to be a double-sized podcast this week because we recorded one yesterday and it didn't record because of technical difficulties. So we're going to do twice as much. We're going to talk about both this issue and the previous issue on Friday. So send in those questions using the hashtag ThisWeekinMarvelAU. 
over in Alpha Big Time number three, written by Joshua Fialkov, art by Nuno Plati. The adventure continues for young Andy McGuire as he is trying to navigate his powers, whether he wants them or not. Really cool guest spot by the Superior Spider-Man in this issue. Uh, it's a great blend of teen angst, action, and subtle comedy, which uh, Josh Pialkov does very well. And that Nuno Plotti illustrates perfectly. It's a very unique comic, as we've said before. There is a great moment I'm looking at right now where Alpha asks Spider-Man if he's ugly and gross under his mask, and Spider-Man simply says, no, I'm extremely handsome. <laughs> and that kind of typifies what's going on here. There's a love story going on, a very unorthodox one, a very teenage one, and uh, Alpha trying to use a domino mask to hide his identity, despite the fact that he was an incredibly famous superhero with no secret identity, and there's, there's comedy in that, but there's also a bunch of arson going on, and we start to meet the villains of the piece, so this is trucking along nicely. Over to Avengers number nine, written by Jonathan Hickman, with art by Dustin Weaver, Mike Diodato, and uh, a crew. It's uh, it's basically Starbrand and Nightmask versus the Avengers. And spoiler, the Avengers get their butts kicked. Uh, there's also lots of other fun stuff in here. Um, really cool, weird stuff that is very Jonathan Hickman. Uh, a giant brain that shows up, and you sure. know, big crazy ideas there's stuff on mars there's stuff all over the planet i mean it's just it's awesome uh and it's also kind of sad for things that have to happen to some of the characters in this issue but uh it's it's all jonathan's part of jonathan's big plan for for everything going on most definitely avengers arena number seven written by dennis hopeless art by alessandro Vitti, with colors by rain barreto this is an issue a lot of you have been asking for since avengers arena kicked off it is the story behind how Arcade went from being the Arcade we all know and kind of laughed at to this super powerful guy running Avengers Arena. Uh, so this, this story is totally told in flashback. We see what led Arcade down this path, not just how he acquired his new powers, but what led him to do so. What kind of pushed him over the edge of being no longer wanting to be looked at the way he was looked at. Uh, a new important character is introduced, who I assume will come back and play a major role down the line. There's some nice uh, allusions to classic arcade stuff for those of us who have followed the character for a long time. There's actually, I just read uh, Wolverine Gambit Victims recently, the Jeff Loeb Tim Salmon series, and that actually, believe it or not, even though it's not referenced directly here, something that happened in that series plays a major role here involving uh, Arcade's longtime assistant, Miss Locke, and where she is. Um, so that's a plug for that trade, newly released. But by the end of this issue, you will see how we got to Avengers Arena number one, and now we're ready to go into the big second arc of Avengers Arena. Sticking with Avengers, and going back to the Age of Ultron, Avengers Assemble number 14 AU and Age of Ultron tie-in, written by Al Ewing, who I'm not familiar with. Uh, new writer, I'm assuming experience elsewhere i'm actually going to look into that i want to know who this guy is maybe he's related to jr ewing the guy on that show that you like or patrick ewing patrick ewing i love him maybe both maybe yeah i would love if jr ewing patrick ewing and al ewing are just one big happy family i would love that but this is a really good issue that's why i want to know more about al ewing and the art is very special because it's by butch geis tom palmer frank diamarta three incredible pros uh this is a heartbreaker. It's Black Widow's story. It's another, 
as we've been saying, you know, kind of filling in the blanks of Age of Ultron picked up and Ultron had already taken over the world. So in some of these tie-ins, like the Fantastic Four one from a couple of weeks ago, they jump back and show you how you got there. In this one, we see how Black Widow and the West Coast got to where they're at. Black Widow is just on a day off, which she never gets. Issues completely narrated by her. She's reminiscing back on some of her prior adventures in San Francisco, visiting some old friends, including the original Stuntmaster, who's an obscure Marvel character, who Tom Brevoort was really, really excited was going to be in this issue. Um, I'm sure two or three of you out there share Tom's sentiment. He's not in costume, so if you're looking for that, Ryan, he's just some dude. Um, yeah, I was like, I don't know these characters. No, Black Widow's sitting down with a bunch of characters from her, her Champions days, and she's it's not the Black Widow we're used to. She's happy. She's having a nice, relaxed lunch scene print, and then it all goes down. The Ultron stuff goes down, the world falls apart, and it's heartbreaking because you see Black Widow have to become Black Widow and kind of turn off the emotions and basically lead people to safety. She's trying to save as many people as she can. It really kind of gets to you how someone like Black Widow, who is a superhero, who's looked at as a leader, but you know ultimately doesn't have any superpowers, just has a lot of training, when robots and weapons and all these things are attacking and her friends are at risk and there's innocence at risk and part of her wants to help them, part of her wants to follow her training. She's just so conflicted and this, this issue just tore me in two as far as the terrible stuff that happens to all these innocent people but also to Natasha and it's an incredible character study of her. Butch Guys' art is perfect because it's just so... He he's, does a great job portraying this nice sunny day she's on, and then it just turns badly. Uh, this is just, you know, if you've been following Age of Ultron, Ancillary, uh, this is a great addition because it really, th- this is, as much as I love the Fantastic Four issue, that was kind of them coming back from space. This shows you what it would have been like for a person just to be on the ground as this craziness takes place. If you're a Black Widow fan, this is a great Black Widow story. Um, and if you're just an action fan and just a fan of a great comic, this is awesome. This was really impressive from everyone around, so I'm looking forward to seeing what comes next from Al Ewing. And speaking of what you said about uh, Age of Ultron affecting the rest of the world, leaping ahead a second in the next issue of Avengers Assemble, we're going to see what's going on over in jolly old England. Hello. During Age of Ultron. But very solid stuff over in Avengers Assemble. Pip, pip. Also, yes. if you like sad stories, that's a good one. Yeah, it's, it's sad. So that'll get you. Avenging Spider-Man, number 19, written by Chris Yost, art by the amazing Marco Cacchetto, and colors by Rochelle Rosenberg. Superior Spider-Man teaming up with Sleepwalker. It's everything you've asked for and more. A team up you demanded. I love it. As a kid of the 90s, mm-hmm. uh, 80s and 90s, uh, Sleepwalker is super weird. And, you know, this was a great story. I'd love to see more of superior of uh, sleepwalker superior sleepwalker superior sleepwalker oh there's my goodness an, there's an idea let's do it uh, and it's cool it's sleepwalker helping superior spider-man deal with a fear worm which is like a nightmare creature yeah and uh, it was pretty cool and the art is gorgeous there it digs up a lot of interesting stuff and again avenging spider-man does some really cool stuff with great stories one-off stuff but totally laying it into and tying it into everything that's going on with Doc Ock being in Peter's body. Uh, there's some, some cool little hints at stuff in this issue. I liked it a lot. Fantastic Four, number six, written by Matt Fraction with art by Mark Bagley with Mark Farmer and Paul Mounts. 
in this issue, we start to learn a little bit more about what's been going on with the thing. Why is he so angry? He's so angry all the time. I mean... Um, and it actually ties back to another Matt Fraction written story. So that is interesting, and we get to get a glimpse of that. But the real crux here is that we start the issue at the end of time, and these creepy-looking, justice-looking type guys sentence someone in this big, crazy armor... We're going to put you back at the Big Bang because you're terrible, and we're just going to put you there, and you're going to explode with the rest of the universe. It's going to be terrible. Fantastic Four, coincidentally, is also traveling to the Big Bang to show their kids how the universe started, which seems incredibly reckless, but this is the same team that flew up into a cosmic ray storm when they knew it was a cosmic ray storm. So They do what they want. They do what they want. They go back to the dawn of time. They encounter this guy in the creepy armor. Turns out to be a classic Fantastic Four villain. Fantastic battle between the FF and this villain, which sets up next issue. This is going to be a two-parter as we go from the beginning of the time to the end of time, all in the course of two issues. Fearless Defenders number three, written by Colin Bunn, art by Will Sliney. This book is really coming together. I'm digging it as the cast comes in. Here we get our full reintroduction to Warrior Woman, uh, Hippolyta, redesigned by Phil Jimenez, drawn here by Mr. Sliney very handily. We've got Misty Knight, we've got Valkyrie, we've got Annabelle Riggs, Annabeth Riggs. I'm going to look it up. Yeah, her. I apologize. She's awesome. Annabelle Riggs, I was right the first time. She's awesome. She's fantastic. We get to see them forming their little group of shield maidens, and they're going to go tackle the Doom Maidens. There's some good fights in this issue. Danny Moonstar comes into play. Uh, there's some mystery involving Valkyrie. I love what Cullen Bunn is doing with the mythology of it all. This is a book on the ground floor right now, but it's getting better as it goes, and it started off pretty solid. So it's, it's, it's winning me over more and more each issue, and it's really coming together, and Cullen really has a plan. So I recommend it. Over to Hawkeye number 9 by Matt Fraction and David Aha with colors by Matt Hollingsworth. I just I love this book. I don't, I don't know what to say about it anymore. Other than David Aha. I'm just thinking of the band Aha. Uh, yeah, he's better than AHA. AHA is better than AHA. Take me on. Anyway, uh, this is a great one. It's a little bit more focused on Kate Bishop through part of it, which is going to be uh, very cool for a lot of you. You get a little bit more insight into mysterious girl that has been hanging around uh, Clint Barton. We still don't have a name on her? Uh, we do get a name. It's we've had, no, I'm saying, we've had several names. Do we have a legitimate name yet? Well, the one that this issue? the one that Black Widow finds yeah. out is Darlene Penelope Wright. Hmm. So, Pino, is that Penelope? Penelope. Okay. That's that's from a movie. Okay. Have you not seen the movie that movie. I can't remember? Penelope. Is, anyway, uh, you get a lot of Clint Barton just dealing with women in this issue, yeah. and and Doesn't he's well. he's not good with the ladies. A lot of good stuff. Great dialogue. Great character work in here. Awesome dog stuff. Also, totally sad moment when one of the characters in the oh, book yeah, that was rough. bummed me out. Very rough. All right, we've got some changes over in the pages of Marvel Universe Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes. From here on out, it is going to be actually presenting episodes from the animated series, the art and the story in full. They're adapted by our friend Joe Caramagna, but it's literally, if you, if you saw these episodes of Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes, you can see them again here. If you haven't, you can see them for the first time. They're presented in comic book form, but the art is directly from the TV show, and it's uh, pretty cool. This one is the season premiere from season number two, where they teamed up with the Fantastic Four and fought Doctor Doom. Great episode. 
So relit it in comic book form. Over to Secret Avengers number three, written by Nick Spencer, art by Luke Ross, colors by Matt Wilson. Uh, you basically have Daisy Johnson, who's the director of S.H.I.E.L.D., hanging out with Mr. Nick Fury. They go to a weapons convention. No cosplayers, unfortunately. Uh, I, was, I was hoping for some, some crazy antics at this weapons yeah. place. But, uh, you know, Elaine's a cosplayer. Are you? Yeah, a little bit. Ah. She doesn't talk about it much, but she is. It's good. Don't talk about it. Uh, so we've got the the weapons convention going on with them. They have to deal with AIM and a whole bunch of other crazy stuff going on. Cool battles, cool dialogue, uh, stuff going on there. On the other side of the page, you've got in the Shield Helicarrier uh, the crew, Secret Avengers crew of Phil Coulson, Black Widow, Mockingbird, Hawkeye, and Maria Hill. And it's another Hawkeye isn't good with the ladies' issue. Yeah, it's terrific. <laughs> I love the little interactions going on in here. Uh, really fun stuff. They have to go deal with some other type of AIM uh, business going on. I really like what this book is doing. It's, it's some fun stuff, and it, it's elevating AIM, which I think is great. I love AIM. Yeah. I love MODOK. MODOK's not involved in this. There's even... There even Hawkeye some, wants to know where he is. Yeah. yeah. There's some really funny uh, MODOK stuff in it, but, you know, elevating AIM without MODOK yeah. is great as well. I love it. Over to Thor, God of Thunder, number seven, written by Jason Aaron, art by Isad Rabik, and you you get a little bit more insight into the uh, the whole... Multiple Thor's angle going on here, how they're going to work together, what they need to do. Uh, great stuff with old Thor. There's this one panel, this one panel where old Thor is talking to young Thor and he like spoils all these things yeah. about stuff that's going to happen to him. It's fantastic. Old Thor is so mean to young Thor. Uh, wouldn't you be? Yeah, it's If great. you, old man you saw you now, you'd probably kick yourself in the teeth. I would I would be mean to teenage me right now. Yeah, I would too. Tell him what, to, to teenage me. Straighten up and fly right. Yeah, and you also get lots of naked young Thor in here. Yep. Uh, as he he battles and there's some sexy times in here. Yeah. Uh, Thor loves the ladies. You get awesome battle cry. See, I mean, this is one of I mean I've pff, I love this series so much I don't even understand. But this is the start of the second arc, God Bomb, and uh, big it's a great things coming. Yeah, God Bomb. Okay. Change of Pace, Ultimate Comics Universe, Ultimate Comics, Ultimates number 23, written by Mr. Samuel Ryan Humphreys, art by Joe Bennett, really cool cover by Philip Tan, which uh, I didn't know who the artist was at first, I didn't yeah. look it up, that's a, that's a neat little piece of work. Okay, we've got reconstruction going on, the West Coast Ultimates are in the house, they have captured Tony Stark, the jerks from California where Elaine was just hanging out are trying to take over the country. There's also a civil war brewing between North Carolina and South Carolina, which I wonder if Blake read this issue. He would probably appreciate it. But Captain America is trying to spring into action, which everyone hates because he's the president and he's really starting to see the conflict between him trying to be President Cap and being Cap Cap. But he goes up against the West Coast Ultimates. It's pretty dangerous. West Coast Ultimates are pretty cool. Very different takes on the Vision, on Tigra, on the Black Knight, and on Quake. And the art is really something. I, I think I said it last time, but I'm really excited to have Joe Bennett back working for us. He brings a lot to the table. Yeah, he stepped up a yeah, lot. He's really, really good. Has really improved and uh, really cool stuff over there. Another Age of Ultron tie-in. This one is Ultron number one AU. It's a one-shot written by Catherine Eminen. Great art by Amilcar Pinna. And this is another thing that a lot of people have been asking for. They want to know what is up with Victor Mancha from The Runaways, the son 
of Ultron, we find out here. This is another kind of set off to the side tale, but this is after the Age of Ultron has already come down. Basically, you are the teenage son of the creature who has just destroyed the planet. Uh, what do you do? Well, in Victor's case, he keeps trying to be a hero, but he's got so much conflict and angst going on inside him as he's trying to keep a group of normal kids safe, uh, kind of mourning his friends who are all gone, and trying to reconcile the fact that, you know, the the, pers- the thing that did this is a part of him, is part of his heritage. Really great character focus on Victor, who, you know, had, had some great issues of Runaways back in the day, but has never really had a, I don't think, a solo issue really devoted to him, at least since his introduction. Um, so this was neat to see, and Catherine Eminem really gets inside his head and shows just all the conflicting stuff going on. Um, there's some great twists, there's some sad stuff, as in all of Age of Ultron, uh, all sadness all the time, and by the end of the issue, Victor has kind of found his purpose. Over to Uncanny Avengers, number six, written by Rick Remender, art by Daniel Cunha, and you've got this big team, Havoc, Captain America, Thor, Scarlet Witch, Rogue, Wolverine, Wasp, Sunfire, Wonder Man, and they're not in this book. And we don't see any of them. It's going back to the 11th century, yep. where a young Thor, pretty much the same young Thor we see in Thor, God of Thunder, uh, young Thor taking on... 11th century apocalypse. Yep, back when and, John Cerulli was in college. Yeah, it's uh, old school, the best school, and you've got Thor with this crazy-ass axe that you've seen in Thor God of Thunder. It's showing up here. It's significant. There's stuff going on. Uh, you get to see the 11th century apocalypse is four horsemen, which yeah. are amazing. And most it's, importantly, it's Thor versus Apocalypse. Yes. that's there, But there's so much going there's on. There's a here. lot going on. But you I got mean, Ramatut that's, that's the and Kang yep. doing all their time travel, manipulating hoobly blue. And you've got uh, a desiccated bear with wings that yep. is being flown upon. And a guy who's just a giant eyeball. Uh, <laughs> before he dies, I can't, yeah. Uh, what is it? Phantom Bats of the Twelve Minds. Right. Amazing. Yeah. I love when Rick Remender just starts inventing new, new like, crazy characters. It's incredible. Because they all just sound like names of bands that you and he would go see. Yeah. It's totally true. I love it. <laughs> uh, crazy fights in this issue. Really fun stuff. There's a character who's an ancestor, uh, who's the... Uh, way back ancestor of another character. Yep. It took me a couple pages to put the pieces together i was like really? what yeah because i look i was he looks tired. exactly like him yes he does <laughs> that, that's what it, it was like oh duh uh it was really fun stuff and uh yeah this was one of my favorite issues of the series so far over to uncanny x-men number four if you've been reading all new x-men you should totally make sure you're reading uncanny x-men as well this they dive together events that have happened in Uncanny X-Men, whatever the last issue was, nine or so, uh, are mirrored in Uncanny X-Men number four here, but layer over that with some other stuff, things going on with Emma Frost, uh, some some stuff in the, you know, Mindscape or whatever we're calling it, stuff with the Uncanny uh, Avengers the students. Ast- the Astral Plane. Yeah, the Astral Plane, that's what I said. And, uh, you know, really cool stuff. I love that there's a, there's a subtle thing going on here with one of the new characters, Who's, uh, one of oh the yeah! It took me a sec to figure out what was going on there. That's very cool. It's a very cool Chris Pachalo. Yeah, it's trick. just uh, really cool stuff. Yeah, uh, is a great storyteller. Um, new additions to this book's cast. Really fun stuff, and then big stuff teased for magic coming up. 
Okay, Wolverine number two, issue number two of this Marvel Now series by Paul Cornell with art by Alan Davis, Mark Farmer, Matt Hollingsworth. Wolverine is pursuing a little kid with a big alien gun. Uh, he last issue encountered this kid and his father. The father had been kind of taken over by this gun. Wolverine was forced to kill him. And now he is riding a wave of guilt and angst trying to track down this kid who has now been taken over by the gun before he does damage and hopefully he can get his hands on him without killing him. Uh, we get a little insight into, you know, Wolverine, how he functions in New York City, Paul Cornell's take on Wolverine. Art, of course, is great, everything you expect from Alan Davis, and there is a great guest star at the end of the issue, plus a cool letters page where Paul Cornell outlines what's coming up for Wolverine. It should be very exciting. And finally, we conclude the week, because if Age of Ultron wasn't sad enough for you, we've also got Extermination, a great story, but one where characters are just fallen by the wayside as the extreme x-men the astonishing x-men and the exterminated from age of apocalypse are trying to prevent these crazy huge interdimensional monsters from taking over two different worlds or destroying everything they've got profit from the age of apocalypse has put together this elaborate plan they're trying to run interference they're fighting them in multiple realms we already lost hercules Last issue, that was super sad. Age of and Apocalypse, Sabretooth died. Age of Apocalypse, Sabretooth died. Uh, we lose more people in this issue, written by Greg Pak, with art by Guillermo Magoran and Raul Valdez. Probably the saddest death thus far is in the pages of this issue. You haven't read this yet, have you? No. So you don't know, but you can imagine who's, who's going down when it comes to this. But crisscrossing back and forth stuff. Uh, need to see the X-Men arguing with each other, trying to deal with these disparate alternate versions of each other, and I really don't know how they're going to solve this. So I'm actually very anxiously uh, reading this every week to try to figure out what's going on. No, I, I knew that yeah, was coming. I was just Thank pointing, you for spoiling it for me. Whatever, you should have read it by now. You're supposed to read these for the podcast. I was wrestlemania I believe I was there with you every step of the way, sir. So that is what we've got on sale this week. Ryan Panagos, Twin of the Week. Ooh. Uh, mm. On the spot. I am torn between Uncanny Avengers and Hawkeye. And Thor, God of Thunder. Wow. I can't, I can't just, those are my three favorites sitting this week. The, I, sitting on the fence as always. I'm, I'm a three-way fence sitter. Yep. Uh, I had a soft spot for both of the Age of Ultron tie-ins. Age of Ultron itself was great, but I really thought they got into the emotional depth in the tie-ins. And because I promise you a single pick every week, that is my campaign vow, uh, I'm going to say Avengers Assemble by Al Ewing and Butch Geist gets my Twin of the Week. Fair enough. Elaine, anything catch your eye as we were describing it? I've been following Uncanny X-Men. Yeah? Issue number one. So Digging I'm it? I'm excited to, to read the fourth one, yeah. Very cool. Excellent. Very, very cool. And now we've got print collections on sale. Uh, we've got, as always, the, the intern who put together this outline. Uh, it's terrible. Um, are you the one who put together this outline? Mm. Okay, so. I haven't been here. Thus far, I, believe me, I know. <laughs> thus far, she's denied it and Caroline's denied it. So it's got to be Katarina who puts this together. Dun, dun, dun. So there will be a confrontation later this week. Um, are you and Katarina ever on the same day? I have never met her. You've never met her? Mm-mm. So it's very convenient that you could be framing her for your own mistakes. All right, well, listen, here's what we got. There's a Captain America trade paperback. It collects issues number 12 through 17 of a Captain America series. There's an Essential Iron Man trade paperback. A Marvel, use, 
Marvel Universe Iron Man Digest. The Road to Oz is in hardcover. Rocket Raccoon and Groot, the complete collection trade paperback. A oh, yeah. friend last week asking me where they could read more Rocket Raccoon stories. So this is coming just in time. Um, Uncanny X-Force Volume 6. Wolverine, collecting issues 313 through 317 of the previous series. I think that's the last one. And then X-Men, collecting issues number 34 through 38, I believe, also of the previous volume of X-Men, winding things down. Also, I read about, I got through most of, or about half of the Doom 2099 yep, trade, getting to uh, WrestleMania Access this weekend. Mm-hmm. Amazing. It, yeah. It's actually really terrific. Uh, it's totally of the time, but... It's fantastic. I'm going to steal it from John Cerulli this week when I go to get some of his other stuff. All right. Over to the Marvel app. New comics, including what we talked about already, but we have Amazing Spider-Man, issues 26 through 30 from the original series, filling in some gaps that needed filling. Amazing Spider-Man Annual, number two, way back in the day. Avengers Annual, number one, from the 2001 series. Black Panther, issues 35 through 41 from the 2005 series. Black Panther Annual, number one. Gambit, the, I guess, was that a limited series from 1997? It was. It was. Numbers one through four. Excellent limited series. And also the Rogue limited series, numbers one through four. So if you want Gambit and Rogue comics, they're on the Marvel app now. They're together, just like you've always demanded. Just the way you wanted them. Collections on sale on the app this week. Captain America The Chosen, Deadpool vs. the Marvel Universe, Ultimate Comics Thor, Ultimate X-Men Volume 11, The Most Dangerous Game, Wolverine by Greg Rucka, Ultimate Collection. That's a really good book. And of course, one of your favorites, X-Men X-Club. So good. And then over to the Marvel Unlimited app. Plenty of new stuff in there. We've got Amazing Spider-Man number 224. Avengers vs. X-Men 5 through 12 this week. Yeah, the entire series of Avengers vs. X-Men is now on Marvel Unlimited. Boom, there you go. Avenging Spider-Man number 6. AVX Consequences number 1. Make sure you read Avengers vs. X-Men before you read Consequences. AVX Versus, number one. Fantastic Four, number 605 and 605.1. Marvel Universe Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes, numbers one through two. Marvel Universe Ultimate Spider-Man, number one. New Mutants, 41 through 43 from the previous series. Thor, numbers 272 through 278, as well as 303 to 304, so that's filling in some gaps there. Uncanny Avengers, number one. Uh... X-Men 28 through 30, and Venom number 16. I had a question uh, yesterday on Facebook that I turned to Ryan to help me with, brought on by the fact that Uncanny Avengers went up on Marvel Unlimited this week, which was, what is the turnaround time for new issues? And the answer you gave me was great, is minimum is six months. So in the case of something like Uncanny Avengers, exactly six-month turnaround. Some will take longer, but anywhere from six months up to whatever comes next but you know with some of these bigger issues like uncanny avengers number one obviously you're seeing very quick turnaround because that just came out yeah all right let's kick it over to stromy for tv video game and movie stuff hello there this week in marvelites this is marvel.com associate editor mark strom otherwise known as stromy coming at you from a well is particularly gorgeous today in los angeles bright blue skies nice Cool. Uh, I think it's about in the 60s. It's nice. It's a nice little spring temperature. Beautiful day. But you're not here for the weather. You are here to find out what is on air this week in Marvel Television, and that is an all-new episode of Marvel's Ultimate Spider-Man, beginning this Sunday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time inside Marvel Universe on Disney XD. 
In this episode, S.H.I.E.L.D. gets a new helicarrier, or the tri-carrier, as they call it, in this episode, and it gets put to good use as the Spider-Man's team, well, Spider-Man's team, not the Spider-Man's team, obviously, Spider-Man's team have a mission to the moon. So they get to go off in part of the new tri-carrier to the moon to check out what's going on because J. Jonah Jameson's son, John Jameson, has gone missing. Where could he have gone? Could he have turned into a werewolf? He did. So this is the Man-Wolf episode of the series. As you probably know from the comics, John Jameson sometimes turns into the Man-Wolf. In fact, he once dated uh, She-Hulk as the Man-Wolf back in Dan Slott's spectacular She-Hulk run. So we get to see that this week. And will Spider-Man saving his son make Jameson ease up a little? Well, probably not, but you can always hope. That pretty much covers everything that's on air this week, but I will be back with you again shortly with a ton of news in uh, in just a few moments. Until then, I send you back to New York to those fine chaps, and I will speak with you soon. All right. Thank you, Stromy. Let's go right to Ben with news. Yes, let's kick it into high gear with the latest on Infinity, Marvel's Infinity. We announced it last week. Uh, Big story. Uh, It's coming up this summer, beginning in August, written by Jonathan Hickman, art by the dream team of Jim Chung, Jerome Pena, and Dustin Weaver. They shared a lot of details last week, particularly in our interactive live chat that we had with Jonathan, as well as Editor-in-Chief Axel Alonso and Editor Tom Brevoort. You can read the replay of that on Marvel.com right now. It gives you literally all the information that's out on Infinity right now is all right there, and we'll be doing hopefully more of those in the future. It was a lot of fun. I also had last week Superior Spider Week as we prepare for July, which is Superior Spider Month. We announced a whole slew of new... Superior Spider-Man related projects. We've got Superior Foes of Spider-Man, which is going to be an ongoing series by Nick Spencer and Steve Lieber, starring Boomerang and his crew of miscreants, including the Shocker, which Stromy, I am me about, jubilant, because that's his favorite weirdo character of all time. I'm well aware. But that is the spiritual successor to the old Deadly Foes of Spider-Man series from the 90s, which was awesome. Beetle and all those dudes in there. It was great. (laughs) We've got a Superior Carnage limited series coming up, written by our boy Kevin Shinnick, who did those great Avenging Spider-Man issues with Deadpool that we Mm -hmm. liked so much. Uh, We'll also have a Superior Spider-Man team-up book, which is going to be Avenging Spider-Man gets converted into Superior Spider-Man team-up. So... Same creative team, but carries over into a new era. And finally, we spoke to Dan Slott about his upcoming plans for Superior Spider-Man this summer and beyond. Uh, There's going to be a new costume. There's going to be a clash with the Kingpin and with Shadowland and lots of other big developments. We showed off some art and we talked to Dan and big stuff coming up there. We also, as we've been talking about through the show, and as I know we're going to talk about more, uh, it was WrestleMania this past weekend, and we had a great time with WWE. They hooked us up with so much great stuff. Um, I know Ryan's going to speak more about it in a second, but we ran four, an unprecedented four, Fighting Fanboys articles last week. We spoke with Kane. We spoke with CM Punk. We had a video interview with Sheamus and Ryback, and then the big one was from the WrestleMania press conference. We were able to get The Rock John Cena, 
Mark Henry and The Big Show, and we had video interviews with all of them. Even Elaine is impressed by that. She's, she knows who The Rock is. Um, I saw G.I. Joe this weekend. She saw G.I. Joe. He's, he's the biggest action star in America, in the world. Dun, dun, dun. And he, answer, and he, answered, my, and he answered my question, Yeah, which was very cool. He was very funny. Very funny guy. Uh, so do check out all those videos even and articles, even though a lot of questions about WrestleMania, there's more questions about Marvel. These guys are all Marvel fans, which is crazy, except Ryback, who was just nice to participate in the interview. He didn't really he didn't really know what was going on, but you know, he was there. Um, but all these other guys, huge comics fans, so that was very cool. Uh, finally, in comics news, on a sad note, we remembered this week Carmine Infantino, legendary artist as well as editor who worked at many companies over the years, did a lot of great stuff at Marvel. Uh, personally, I knew him because he drew Nova in the 70s, did a huge run on Spider-Woman, but just one of the most respected guys. Star in Wars comics as well. Yes. A lot of people introduced yep. him through those. Yeah, he was the first guy to do Star Wars comics here at Marvel. So, uh, hugely influential guy. Art was incredible and you know will definitely be missed had a, had a great life and great career though so we did a nice retrospective on him definitely learn more about mr infantino in addition to all the wrestlemania stuff we posted last week we're gonna have more for you coming up uh ben blake myself we went to access which is basically wwe's fan convention more or less it's like a it's like san diego but for wrestling yeah and there, there were cosplayers. Yep. I got my picture with yep. uh, uh, Big Van Vader and Jim yes. Cornette cosplayer, yes, we did. Ultimate Warrior cosplayer, which was really good costume. It's you know it's interesting too. All the cosplayers at, at the WrestleMania thing, all dudes, not one lady cosplayer. Yeah. Um, so Elaine, next year as a cosplayer, you should go to WrestleMania. Yeah. And uh, be the ultimate warrior. We did tons of interviews. Uh, who did we talk to? We talked to X Pac. Oh, we talked to so many of Sergeant Slaughter, I interviewed. Yeah. Uh, Ricky Steamboat. Yep. You got a lot of the legends. Because um, we, you went Sunday. I was there a lot of Saturday. Cody we Rhodes. We got Cody Rhodes. We got Damian Sandow. We got Lita, Layla, uh, 3MB. 3MB was terrific. Um, we asked a lot of these guys and, and ladies. You know, what superpowers yeah. they'd want to have. Uh, some are more comic book fans than others. You know, yep. Cody is a huge comic book fan. Wade Barrett. Wade Antonio Barrett. Cesaro, who was a secret nerd. Antonio Cesaro seems like the last guy who reads comics, but he knows who the Cosmic Cube was. Which yeah. blew my mind. Yeah, and he doesn't even call it the Tesseract. He calls it the Cosmic yeah, Cube. Yeah, he said it's the Cosmic Cube. Um, so many people. We, we, we got so many interviews, so many pictures, so much great stuff. WWE, I gotta say, they were great to us this weekend. Yeah. They took great care of us, and... Uh, Love partnering up with them. We'll definitely be even more so in the future. Yep. And yeah, can't wait till we start rolling those interviews out because they were a lot of fun. They were a lot of fun. Uh, on Marvel Avengers Alliance, the game Spec Op Eight is now live. So mm. uh, that's a thing. the The goal is to get Vision. He's the the reward character at the end. There's a there's whole all lot sorts to do. Of crazy options there's now. Crazy stuff. Uh, like they did with the last Spec Op. There's a second character you can get by getting yep. all the lockboxy bits, and that is uh, Omega Sentinel. Omega Sentinel. You demanded it. Yes, you know her. You love her. Uh, and uh, in addition to that, there are all these giant epic boss battles with Ultron. Have you done one yet? No, I have not. I've been focused. I've still been on PvP. PvP, yeah. PvP is ending in like three days. I know you're about to talk not about even here. two days. Not even. It's like it ends tomorrow, I think. So PvP is ending so soon. I've been focusing on that. I haven't really... I've done a few spec op missions, but not really dug in full. It's, yeah, it's hard exactly. during these brief crossover periods, but... Yeah, and especially when you're trying to work, and you're trying yep. to do this and that and the other thing. It's, it's crazy. So, yeah. Uh, so good luck to everyone in the spec op, and particularly good luck in PvP. I was doing great in PvP until WrestleMania weekend. 
then it all fell apart. Yeah. <laughs> because I just haven't been doing my daily battles. I know. I'm going to try to claw back in these last couple of days. I'm at like 94 battles, I think. Which usually at this time too. I'd be about 115, 120. Yeah. But I have the same thing. I've, yeah, I've not I'm in, been able I'm to in, keep I'm, up. In, I'm in the 90s, but I'm only at like gold status. Oh, you got to step been, it up. I haven't been fighting enough. I was, I was in the top like 3% for most of last week, and then I just took like three days off. What level are you? Uh, one fifty or sixty something. All right. Because exactly when you get up there, you can get there's the new uh, ISO types. Yes. You gotta re- yeah, research no, got those. those. Okay. Because I've been, I had to, you know, boost up all my I've been, guys. I've been stacking this up. We got a lot of people in training right now. Yes. Very good. Over to Mark for more news. Welcome back once more this weekend, Marvelites. So, we have a ton, ton of Iron Man 3 movie news and new clips, etc., etc., because Iron Man 3 hits theaters in just about three weeks from when you will be listening to this. It hits theaters May 3rd. I am getting increasingly excited for this. In the past week, we've unleashed a ton of new stuff, including the very first clip from the film, which shows, uh, I'm sorry, which shows Tony Stark laying down the law for the Mandarin. He calls out the Mandarin and uh, even gives him uh, his home address, which, you know, I don't know. If I were fighting a huge, powerful supervillain, maybe I wouldn't give them my home address, but it's Tony Stark. He knows what he's doing. We also have a brand new TV spot featuring your first look at some of the Mandarin's army. That is up right now on Marvel.com and our YouTube channel. We got news that you can pre-order your tickets now for opening weekend of Iron Man 3. You can do this many ways. You can go to the Iron Man Facebook page at Facebook.com slash Iron Man. You can go to the official Iron Man site at Marvel.com slash Iron Man 3. Or you can just go straight to sites like Fandango, which have advanced ticketing now. So you want to get your tickets if you want to be in on the opening weekend of the movie, because I suspect these will be going quite quickly the closer we get. We have been bringing you photos from the Iron Man 3 World Tour. Robert Downey Jr. and a number of the other cast members have been sort of traveling around the world, just chatting with fans in different countries. So far, we have galleries up featuring Robert Downey Jr. in Korea. Uh, Robert Downey Jr., Bing Bing fan, and... Wang Shui-Chi in China, and Robert Downey Jr. and Ben Kingsley in Russia. And they will be making many more stops over the course of the next, uh, like, two weeks about. So we'll be bringing you new galleries probably every, like, two or three days of the cast of Iron Man 3 in different locations all over the world. We also brought news that AMC Theaters will be hosting an Ironman Marathon in 110, or about 110, I believe, of their locations nationwide. 
The Iron Man Marathon consists of Iron Man, Iron Man 2, Marvel's The Avengers, and it all tops off with Iron Man 3. This happens on May 2nd. You can check your local listings. No, that's for television. You can check your local AMC theater to see if they are participating in the marathon. You get a special exclusive pair of Real D 3D glasses, a special lanyard for the event. Tickets for the marathon are $30. And that, again, includes entry to all four movies, the special lanyard, the special glasses. It will be a great time. I, of course, much like the Avengers Marathon from last year, wish I could go. But considering it's happening on May 2nd, which is the day before a movie comes out, I think I might be busy. But you should go for me because I cannot. Wrapping up our Iron Man 3 news for this week, we also unleashed our first behind-the-scenes featurette from the film, which features most of the cast, I believe all of the cast, uh, talking about their characters and what makes this third Iron Man film so unique. You can hear from Robert Downey Jr., Gwyneth Paltrow, Don Cheadle, Ben Kingsley, Rebecca Hall, Guy Pearce, John Favreau. Yeah, actually, I think that is... Our, uh, our primary cast. So you can check all of that out right now. Again, all the clips, TV spots, featurettes, all of them are both on the Marvel YouTube channel as well as Marvel.com. News on the Iron Man 3 World Tour, Iron Man 3 Tickets, the MC Iron Man Marathon, all on Marvel.com. Check it out. And jumping from the world of Iron Man to the world of Thor, we have some sad news this week as Thor screenwriter Don Payne passed away uh, much too soon. He co-wrote the screenplay for Thor. He also co-wrote the screenplay for Fantastic Four, Rise of the Silver Surfer, as well as the original screenplay My Super Ex-Girlfriend. And he was a writer on The Simpsons for the past 15 years, I believe. He joined that writing team in 1998 and was on it up until he passed away just last week. So, of course, everyone here at Marvel, our thoughts and wishes go out to his family. You can read a very nice remembrance of him on Marvel.com right now. Uh, featuring a look back at his career, along with some words from Thor executive producer Craig Kyle, who was a good friend of Don's, and uh, Walter Simonson, a legendary Thor writer and artist who met Don on the set of Thor when uh, he and his wife were filming a Asgardian dinner scene and Don was there writing and furiously helping out with the uh, script as they were filming. So you can read all about that, again, on marvel.com and a bit of sad news, but our thoughts and wishes go with Don's family. Jumping from then the world of film to the world of television, we have a new 10-minute long preview of Iron Man Rise of Technovore, which is the original feature-length anime coming straight to Blu-ray and DVD 
Next Tuesday, April 16th, you can check out 10 full minutes of it right now on Marvel.com and the Marvel YouTube channel. This 10 minutes features Iron Man up against S.H.I.E.L.D. and Nick Fury and a host of Mandroids and also features an appearance by the Punisher at the very end of the preview as Tony is forced to forge an uneasy and unlikely alliance with the Vigilante, uh, who is, of course, voiced by Norman Reedus from AMC's The Walking Dead series. So we'll be bringing you a lot more on Iron Man Rise of the Technovore next week, including some cool look looks at uh, some pencil designs from it, um, some cool interviews, some profiles of the new characters and including Black Widow, Hawkeye, Nick Fury, Punisher, War Machine, bunch of cool stuff. So that you can look forward to and you can watch the 10-minute preview right now on Marvel.com and the Marvel YouTube channel. Also on Marvel.com, we have another full episode of Ultimate Spider-Man. This is episode two of season two, Electro, and features Spider-Man and his team having to go against Electro, who is trying to destroy all of New York City, which isn't a good thing. So you can watch all of that right now on Marvel.com, streaming for free. You can also catch it on MarvelKids.com on the Ultimate Spider-Man landing page there. So with that... I think I am done for this week, but I will, as always, speak to you again in another seven days. I thank you for listening. I wish you a splendiferous weekend, a great week, and now I send you back to those fine fellows in New York. All right. Thank you, Stromy. Really appreciate all that. I forgot all about Stromy. He's on I did. This, he is on this show. I never do. Yeah. All right, time for This Week in Marvel questions and comments. You can tweet them using the hashtag ThisWeekInMarvel. We'll get to them in an upcoming episode. You can also tweet them to me, at Agent M, at Ben J. Morse, at Blake Garris, and at Stromy. Also, you want to mention the other podcasts? Yes, of course. Uh, we do the Age of Ultron podcast, as I mentioned earlier, and you can get us questions about Age of Ultron for Tom Brevoort and our assorted guest hosts using the hashtag ThisWeekInMarvel. Just add an AU to the end. So it's This Week in Marvel AU. All right. Kicking things off with Alex Baxter Carlin. Just says, love listening to This Week in Marvel podcast on Friday mornings. Nice. Thank you, Alex. I appreciate that. That's why we do it. Ten twin points. I appreciate it, too. Uh, Alien Princess, at the needs of many, a regular This Week in Marvel AU listener. Tweets to myself and Tom. I want a whole This Week in Marvel dedicated to footwear. That, of course, has to do with the fact that Tom is obsessed with uh, the fact that Brian Hitch drew the wrong boots on Captain America in one issue of Age of Ultron. Brings it up every podcast. Thinks the fans are going to badger him about it. They never do, but now it's become a self-fulfilling prophecy where he's brought it up so many times that now they want to know what's going on. Um, and that would be a terrible podcast. Anthony Delakian, Anth80. Hey guys, just wanted to get some info about the Marvel app and Unlimited. Is there a different process when adding books onto Unlimited than to adding them on the app. Unlimited has a lot more titles and series so far than what the app does. Could it be made that what comes out on one is released on the other? I spend at least 30 to $50 every couple of weeks as well as my print comics and would love to still spend more. Thanks, guys. Love your work. Keep it up. Anthony, there's a bunch of questions going on in here. So first, the Marvel Unlimited app is for our Marvel Unlimited service. 
That service used to be Marvel Digital Comics Unlimited, and that's been around since 2007. So it has a lot more books just because we've been doing this a lot more. Um, you know, I mean, I think two years ago it was like 8,000 books. Now we're over 13,000 books, and we're going to keep adding more. The Unlimited service is sort of a larger archive. Think of it that way. It's the library of Marvel Comics, and we want you to, to be able to read as many as possible. And we're constantly adding old issues as well as new issues. The Marvel app focuses, uh, first concern for us is getting the new issues out there day and date when they hit the comic store. So whether you read in print or you read digital, we want everybody to be able to read their comics brand new the day they come out. The unlimited service, as we noted earlier in the podcast, will not have the new issues for a minimum of six months. Could take a little bit more, could, could be six months on the dot, but uh, there's going to be some gap. You know, there's a lot of concerns there. We want to make sure that retailers have the opportunity to sell their comics uh, and, and you guys to get them in, in various ways. There's a big, you know, there's just a lot of concerns going on. So you, you won't see the new ones right in Unlimited, but uh, you will see stuff that can go into both. There are different processes. There's different technology. Then, you know, we developed Unlimited and the technology that that's built upon way back when and have been upgrading and changing and making it different. The uh, Marvel app is built off of something else from our technology partner. Whatever. That's a lot of gobbledygook to say. Uh, we want you to get as much as you can out of all these things. You know, Hopefully you are enjoying both services uh, as they go. Well said. At Brad the YM, what was your favorite match from WrestleMania 29? Punk Taker, without a doubt. Yeah, easily. Uh, they CM, tore the house down. Yeah, CM Punk Undertaker was the match of the night. Undertaker, for a guy who only wrestles once a year, is just phenomenal. I love when after he won, he was like looking around. They had a great shot of him, mm-hmm. like teary eyed, because the yeah. whole place was you know cheering for him. And he had lost Paul Bearer mm-hmm. recently, and you know like you could see that he was the the match meant a little something extra for him. Yep. It was great. It was just terrific. Yep. Punk hung with him, did a great job. Uh, there was a lot of times where you didn't know what was going to happen. They busted out some crazy moves. I felt awful for Punk when he did that crazy elbow drop onto the table at ringside uh, and the table didn't break. It yeah. looked like it hurt like hell. Yep. But the finish was great. Uh, Punk's facial expressions were awesome. And it's just, they both went out there and just busted. Punk studying from the uh, Paul Heyman School of Facial Expression. Absolutely. Definitely learning. I love it. Another one from at Brad the YM. Is it just me or is Nick Fury looking worse in the Winter Soldier number 17? Could he be dying? Uh, That's just the way Nick Klein draws him. He's okay. He's, he's, Nick Klein just draws scratchy looking old men. But, uh, you know, Nick Fury doesn't have the uh, the, the Infinity, Infinity formula. formula, so he is technically dying. Yeah, but I mean, slowly. He's, he's just he's not yeah. as fit as he used to be. Yeah, I'm not sure if that's a deliberate choice on the part of Nick Klein uh, or if it's a directive in the book. But and who knows? Next issue could come out, and maybe he is dying, and I'm completely wrong. But I think that's just the way he depicts him. Yep. Uh, Sean Wilde said, congrats on 75 episodes to us. Another great podcast. And Bobblehead. So took my... You following up on those? Uh, the ones that I see, yeah. I, I, you know, it was tough during the weekend and WrestleMania. Like, when I'm out and someone tweets me Bobblehead and I'm at sitting at WrestleMania, <laughs> I can't do anything about that because I'm, you know, what I was doing was hooking up some fans with some fun stuff. So I couldn't do it. Um, but, you know, for those that I could get to, 
I'm glad I could do it. And uh, for those who said thank you, you're welcome. Yeah, it means a lot. A lot of people said congratulations on 75 episodes. That was very, very cool, very cool to read yeah, over the weekend. Definitely. Centurion Joe, Dreamy Robot. I can't believe I'm going to say this, but Kid Thanos is cute in a future evil murderer sort of way. I wonder how someone is cute in a future evil murderer sort of like what specifically that means. I, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, Joe's, Joe's just got issues, maybe. I don't know. But yeah, Kid Thanos, adorable. Yeah. Another one from Joe. I seriously need the next issue of Superior Spider-Man right now. Avengers versus Spider-Man, or rather, A versus SM. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's going to be a good one, man. In the meantime, pick up Avenging Spider-Man. Totally. Bridge the gap. Adam Mortal Thor ninety nine. Adam Mortal Thor ninety nine says, "You guys should totally push for an ongoing wrestling comic set in the Marvel universe with them acting as deputized Shield agents as they go from city to city." Uh, not going to happen, but always fun. I actually. We're sitting before Hall of Fame with Joe Keating, who writes uh, our Morbius comic, who's a huge comic book fan, mm-hmm. uh, a wrestling fan, and a friend of ours. And I was like, Joe, why aren't you doing a wrestling comic? Yeah. He's like, I got, I got ideas. He's got ideas. Uh, so hopefully we'll see a great wrestling comic by him. Some great wrestling comics out there, not by us. Sure. But, uh, you know, there's definitely some out there if you... Uh only mention them on our official podcast yeah, yeah. but if you follow me on on twitter I'll, I'll i'll hook you up because uh, and after this podcast you have to tell me if there are some that i'm not oh reading. yeah dude there's one there's one that I should lend to you if you're not reading it already nice um and also just to talk about what we've already talked about you know in the interest of you know the idea of wrestlers in the marvel universe you're gonna want to see the responses a lot of guys gave in their interviews when we said <laughs> you know like who do you want to fight who would you want to team up with what powers would you want how would you join the avengers I think you. I think you'll really enjoy their answers. Totally. Uh, an answer from DJ Bochicchio, who's helping us out from last week, the Alanis Morissette cliffhanger. Uh, the Canadian show was "You can't do that on television." Remember the phrase that you got slimed. I told you that was a show. That was where it. sliming originated. I think you've paid him off to provide this. I do not have that kind of money. I don't have those kind of resources. <laughs> At then hammer Daniel Benjamin Shaw. Will Marvel Cinematic Universe Phase 1 be available in the UK? Daniel, it's, uh, there are no plans to bring the entire set to the UK. Um, I, have, I actually haven't opened my set yet. I don't know if they're region-free. I think they might be region-free discs, so if you want to buy it from the Amazons or whatever retailer ships overseas, go for it. I've purchased UK Blu-rays from Amazon UK. Uh, because the deals are like crazy good sometimes, and I brought them over here, so it might work in your favor. At Comics Raw tweets, I've been rewatching 90s X Men. Hashtag nostalgia. It's great. It's also why I've always hat. I'm assuming he was going to say, I always, why I've always hated Cyclops. I was going to say, I always hated Gambit. I figured you would go that direction, yeah. but Cyclops is my least favorite character on 90s X Men. I thought he was, that, thought he was a jerk. He was very overbearing. A gif of Wolverine walking yep, up to Cyclops and punching, punching him, him in the stomach is my favorite. He's constantly yelling, Gene. Was, yeah, Cyclops was the worst. Terrific. He's come a long way. Yeah. Long way. At Almoraz 1983 tweets, Thanos Rising, number one, is hands down the best comic that came out this week. Wow, that book was a masterpiece and a must read. Yeah, very good comic. Agreed, Eric. Let Jason Aaron and Simone Bianchi know. Yeah. They did a great job. Tweet at Jason Aaron. It's just his name. Simone's on there too. I forget what it is. Is he? I didn't yeah. know. Yeah, he doesn't use it very often. Right. He may have forgotten that he has Twitter. Eh. He's very busy. At HW View, another congrats on reaching 75 and another bobblehead. Yep. So there we go with that. At Bibliotech, I miss Kid Gladiator. Will we be seeing him again? 
I believe we will be. Yeah? I believe I have heard rumblings that he will not be gone forever. Need a um, mosquito. Yeah, it would be nice to see him again. And then from Mighty Marvel, hashtag WrestleMania, that is all. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of tweeting going on with uh, hashtag WrestleMania. That was, what impressed me is WrestleMania was trending like at 8 a.m. the day of, but what impressed me more was that when I was trying to do the hashtag on my phone during the event, it would immediately take you to like multiple spellings because a bunch of wrong spellings of WrestleMania were used enough that they were oh, trending God. too. So like three different spellings of WrestleMania were trending that WrestleMania. Yeah, no, it was just like without the T, just literally oh. WrestleMania. That's, that makes me sad. Yeah. All right, at shipwreck underscore pep tweets: I'm in the Navy and my ship is headed to Fleet Week this year. Do you guys have anything planned for the squids? Yeah, that would be awesome if we did. What are the squids? I don't think we do. Um, I'm not sure. I'm assuming it's some sort of slang term either for the Navy or Fleet Week. And I, w- I wish we were doing something. Uh, what Maybe was it? Cool. Last year we did something cool with uh, Fleet Week with Captain America, the the dent, the um, if we're doing the ladies. So, I, I hope we're doing something. Yeah, I don't know for sure. Awesome. But uh, thank you, sir. At I don't think he. What are you thanking him for? <laughs> he's in the Navy. He's out there. He's, oh yeah, you know. no, thank you for that. Yeah, that's not what Ryan meant. He's covering. No, I did something. mean that. I said thanks, Jason. Covering for something. All right. At FI7Z, Jeff Valade says, I dig that you had School of Seven Bells on This Week in Marvel. Any chance of showing some love for the secret machines? I've never heard of them. Wow. So, and if you haven't heard of them. But Blake may have heard of them. Yeah. Uh, School Blake of Seven did. Bells is a Stromy favorite, so we'll have to ask Stromy. School of Seven like, Bells was great. Yeah. Um, so we'll, we'll look into secret machines. I don't know if they're fans. It really, yeah. that's the best part is when we have fans. Uh, folks come through who are fans. We had Ra Ra Riot here yesterday, but I was too hoarse to actually do a podcast with them. So who was the guy we had in last week? Uh, Clint Mansell, yeah. who was in Eat itself, and yeah. is Darren Aronofsky's basically Darren Aronofsky's composer. composer. Yeah. Uh, Clint was amazing. Very cool guy. So cool. At X Force Josh, guys, I just got two hundred dollars worth X Men hardcovers for forty dollars at a comic store sale. Wow. Nice, well played. At Chicago Wolf Rose, without a huge spoiler, will we get closure as to what happens to the kids of the FF in the Age of Ultron arc? Um, I'm pretty sure you don't. You've seen the last of because yeah, when you left Fantastic Four, they were out in space. Uh, the larger resolution of the story will provide the resolution for what's going on with them. I, I, not guaranteeing, but I'm pretty sure there is not another specific scene with yeah. Franklin and Valeria. Uh, that Fantastic Four's already moved on, and Age of Ultron will play out as it plays out. At Scoin eighty one, Kurt says, "I'm naming all my kids after X Men. Therefore, when I need to gather them all together, I can simply yell, X Men unite. Why would you not, not say to, to me, me, my X Men? Come on, there you go, man. Jinx. Kurt, that is five twin demerits. I, yeah, it's such a cool idea. I mean, if you're if you're a big enough X Men fan to name your kids after them, I would think yeah. you would know the accepted." catchphrase to me my x-men that yeah. is what we do and you gotta shave your head too if you're not already well you are deprived enjoy your you luscious i think head. you do yes i'm naming my son after havoc and nightcrawler alexander kurt that's dedication dude i'd go with kurt alexander that sounds better sure but i don't want to be responsible for naming this guy's kids no you've done it no it's, i don't it's, it's I don't official there i don't want to go there at k martinick 
Kyle tweets, love the new Guardians of the da- Galaxy, but disappointed Star-Lord doesn't have his helmet. What gives? Star-Lord's going to be wearing a bunch of different tech, as will all of the Guardians, depending on the situation. On the first issue, the out-in-space mission required that you be able to see more clearly, but you will see the helmet at different points. Steve McNiven and now Sarah Pacelli have designed a lot of different looks for Star-Lord in particular. So don't fret, Kyle. Yep. Everything's going to be okay. Matthew Cutler at Full Force MMAM. Do you think we will see Ultron in the Marvel Cinematic Universe now that Ant-Man is being made into a movie? Who's to say what Ant-Man will see in the movie? It's true. You never know. I'm just going to, you know, tease you and, and not tell you anything. So, ha. Just mean. Yep. Nolan J. Hitchcock. Huge fan of the current gap filling on Marvel Unlimited. You put up a bunch of Hulk and Spidey I wanted today. Thanks. Boom. There you go, Nolan. Ollie at PCE underscore dead meat. Who would you get to do the voice of Rocket Raccoon? If you could choose anyone, he would choose Jason Statham. Jason Statham's a great one. It's a pretty great choice. Yeah. I think he'd do better than that. That's, uh, yeah. I love I'm that. I'm going to agree. That's top of the line. Or, uh, uh, what's his face? He played the butler in the movie about the, the guy who was the, the rich, rich vigilante going. man. I don't know where you're going. Uh, Michael Caine? Michael Caine. That'd be interesting. That'd be pretty great. That'd be interesting. Who'd you have a new Groot? I would have someone really famous who's won like tons of Oscars. Oh, yeah. Like Groot. I would have like Jack Nicholson or something. In fact, I would have Jack Nicholson. <laughs> and Jack Nicholson as Groot. Yeah. I am Groot. <laughs> that, that's a, that, that was definitely something. That was great. Or Christopher Walken as Groot. Oh, it's man. Christopher Walken as Groot. I am uh, Groot. <laughs> All right. Hawkeye UK. Pete. What film that's been announced out of the Phase 2 are you most looking forward to? Mine has to be Ant-Man. Can't wait. What because is... the most I know the most about it, uh, outside of Iron Man 3, I'm going to go with Thor. The, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to go with Thor right now. I mean, definitely Guardians for me. That's, that's my jam. I, look, I, I agree with you on yeah. Guardians. I, I know just... you know more about Thor. It makes sense. Your yeah. argument makes sense. I just, I love those characters. Having so read much. the script for Thor, yeah. I can't wait. Yes. I know what's in store, and it's really freaking good. Yeah. Way to, way to work that in there, that you've read the script. Congratulations. Mm. Congratulations. Yeah. Do yeah. you want to read it? No. You can't. Don't want to read it. Ha! You want to read it? No. You can't. Why don't you, why don't you mention <laughs> that you met Hugh Jackman a few times? Did I? You did. I don't remember that. It's been a few days. Mm. Um, moving on to at Ref Gimlin. Question. It's been almost a yearn's silence. Almost a year's silence, I guess is what he's trying to say here. Yeah. Has the Mighty Marvel podcast ended? Your team definitely delivered plenty as it is. You know, uh, I had heard rumblings that Jeff Sutter was going to do a new episode of the Mighty Marvel podcast, but yeah. I don't know. He's, he's a busy dude. He's super busy. He's not like us. We just we just slack all day, all day. We just come in here and sit for three hours and record podcasts. Hopefully, it would be nice. Yeah. More from Ref Gamlin. We got a whole Ref Gamlin section here, so let's let's settle in. It's official. A year subscription to Marvel Unlimited set for months end. Good job, Robert. Awesome. And he tagged hashtag TwimBC, which I think is the Twim Book, Book Club. Club. Nice. Yes. When we get that rolling, we'll get it rolling. Yeah. Great enhancement to the Marvel AR app would be to see a history of your favorite entries for going back to. Not a bad suggestion. Oh, so you could you could go back and look at past AR stuff that you've liked. Right. Well, we have we're trying to put them all on YouTube, so yeah, hopefully so that's that'll a good way help to do it. A little bit. Favorite in there. I'm rapidly growing very 
fond of Valeria Richards. I can see why the crew of This Week in Marvel were so keen on the Fantastic Four books. Uh, Robert, the fact that you capitalize very when talking about how fond you are of a child, a child, female child character, is questionable. But I'm glad you're enjoying the books. I uh, remain that it's probably just innocence. Yes. What he's saying is an innocent comment. He doesn't realize what he's doing. That's why it's our responsibility to let him know how it would come off to other people. Yeah. Another one from Robert. Does Iron Man still have shrapnel near his heart in the current Marvel Universe? I don't uh, believe so. No, he had that resolved years ago. Years ago. He's, he's flying high now. Um, and final question from Robert. Are there any Blade collections that you could recommend to someone who has only seen the movie wanting to expand? a lot of Blade collections. There's like the two Mark Guggenheim collections. Yeah. You can check um, those out. They're good. Is there a Central Blade? I don't think so. I don't know. That's Maybe. something to look up. Uh, look into if there's a Central. If there's a Central Blade, that'd be good. I, you know what? You could also read Essential Tomb of Dracula, because that's where he debuted. So that would be that would be something. And of course, uh, Captain Britain and MI13 collections. Those are yes. good. At Didunkelins, Ryan Hood <laughs> tweets, Oh goodness, I am so up for Marvel Unlimited Book Club. Very good, Ryan. He also tweets, Reading Ultimate Fantastic Four, 21 through, I guess, 23, is the zombified universe that Ultimate Reed goes to, the one from the Marvel Zombies books. Yes. It is. That whole Marvel Zombies craze started in Ultimate Fantastic Four. It's true. That's where it debuted. It's crazy. Scott McElroy, Dr. Spidey, congrats to Agent M, Ben J. Morris, Blake Garrison, Strami for 75 eps, episodes of This Week in Marvel. Just want to say one thing. Regarding this milestone, bobblehead. Elaine, are you upset that you were not congratulated? No, but it's his birthday today, so happy birthday. Although by the time he gets it, it'll be belated birthday. How did you, how did you know that? Because I have him on my feed and Twitter. Mm. Don't you feel bad, Scott, that you didn't congratulate Elaine, who's the <laughs> only one of us who remembered your birthday. Happy birthday, though. Happy birthday. A few days ago. <laughs> On last week's This Week in Marvel, there's another one from Scott. Strami said, an Iron Man 3 display would be here at Innovations. I'm a week too early, and we have a picture. Yep. Yeah, you missed it. Sorry, man. Innoventions. Innoventions, yeah. It's Innoventions at Disneyland. You wrote Innovations. Make sure you're... I didn't screw that up. Disneyland. Land. I'm just saying because there's, <laughs> no, no, there's interventions right. at Disney right. World, Walt right. Disney World, and yeah, at Don't go Disneyland. to the wrong place. Yeah. All right, at Simon Sebs, does Pepper Potts still have her rescue armor? She does not because it tried to kill her in uh, the last arc of Invincible Iron Man. Got a little touchy-feely. Yeah, went, went sentient and got a little overprotective. So at the moment, no. Uh, could she get it back? Sure. Has Galactus ever fought Thanos? Yes. Oh, yeah. Fought him in that... Thanos ongoing series back earlier this yeah. decade was it? Would he fight him? I mean, fought him in Infinity War technically. They they fought before. Yeah, they fought many a time. Throwdowns. Many a clash between Galactus and Thanos. What are some good stories featuring Power Pack? Thor and the Warriors Four. Yeah, that is my one. absolute favorite uh, Power Pack story. I like the Power Pack and Wolverine. That was really well. good too. And their uh, I forget what their Secret Invasion tie-in was called. But it was really cute. Um, and of course, that's the all ages version of Power Pack. If you're looking for classic Power Pack, there are Power Pack classic collections. Uh, so that's the original stuff, which I think is still, you know, kind of the best handling of those characters in terms of the classic Marvel Universe. If you could bring back any currently deceased character, who would it be? Mm. Ryan Panagos, on the spot. 
This is a tough question. Do I have to think about who's dead? Mm-hmm. Um, Confirmed dead, too. I know. Because there's that gray area. Because uh, Rich Rider's still out there somewhere. <laughs> Holding on to hope. That never... There's no body. And Star-Lord's back. Yeah. Yeah. Man, goodness, I don't know. Yeah, I'm pretty happy with yeah, I like, the crew we the crew we have now. I like Nightcrawler. It'd be cool to have him. Yeah, back, Nightcrawler would probably be. A, but he died so well. It's, he did. You know. He had a very good death. You don't want to overwrite those good deaths. Um. So yeah, Nightcrawler could be up there. Yeah. They have to do it well though. They have to be brought back in a good story. Agreed. At Dirty Lash tweets, Happy anniversary this week of Marvel. It's gonna be it's been a great show. Been listening since day one. Thank you, Squirrel Boy. It's true. He's been with us since day one. Yeah. From the very beginning. At Lex Pendragon says, Maybe this week in Marvel could fill me in on uncanny uh, on Ultimate X Men's backstory and what the whole Tion thing is. Who's the flaming skull? Okay, uh Tian was the home of Zorn and Zorn. One was spelled X O R N, one was spelled Z O R N. Uh, they were introduced in Jonathan Hickman's first arc of Ultimate Comics Ultimate, so that's where they come from. They were very powerful mutants who basically formed their own country safe haven for mutants. Some of the former Ultimate X-Men members, including Jean Grey, went there for asylum and ended up kind of becoming disciples of them. And now, currently in Ultimate X-Men, Ultimate Comics X-Men, Kitty Pride has formed her own mutant safe haven and they're coming to odds that is the very short version yes i would you should, if you have marvel unlimited you could be able to read the ultimate comics ultimates books pretty easily those are great really really good stuff that uh hickman put together uh great asad rabik art in there um good stuff and that that whole storyline also includes evil reed richards we which was terrific this, uh, this week in marvel favorite yeah another one from what are we doing right now? We're Lex doing Pen- Lex, Lex Pendragon. Uh, I think it's all right when it comes to characters from the regular Marvel Universe, you call them real. We get it. I'm speaking for a lot of people there, Lex. I don't know if everyone gets it. They're not real. They're fictional characters. But Swerve. I, Marvel Universe works. Yes. We get it. At Trina Rampage says, I listen to This Week of Marvel with a pen and pad, taking notes every time, proud of it. Oh, Thanks, Trina. That's really nice. That's awesome. Makes me wonder, whatever happened to Miss Marvel Girl? Je- I've seen, I see her pop up every once she, in a while. She's busy, I guess. She doesn't respond to us in like 60 episodes. She doesn't want to listen. The, she was the original This Week of Marvel super fan. She was. Yeah. All right, let's wrap things up with Wrath the Relentless, the... Avengers vs. Spider-Man comment was made a few weeks ago in reference to the last page of Superior Spider-Man number 5 or 6. That was a tease that next issue yep. was going to be Avengers vs. Spider-Man. Yep, Very yep. good. Thought I'd share that knowledge, seeing how no one on the podcast knew what that person was talking about. We did We did know what we were talking about. We, we said, this is what he's talking about. Oh, boy. We read 30 comics yeah. a week, five days before we record. We're yeah. doing the best we can. Yeah, but I also remember us explaining it pretty well. I think the week after we explained it. Maybe. Marvel needs to make Horizon Labs iPad, iPod, and iPhone cases ASAP, or at least a sticker to cover my Apple logo. That's neat. I, I don't like think that. We ha- I don't think we have to, but yeah. Yeah. That'd be cool. Um, why hasn't Carly Cooper informed anyone of the fact that she thinks Peter isn't really Peter? She has important info. I just but I think she's having trouble believing it. She also... Yeah. She doesn't have... She has no evidence. She's right. a cop. She's she, a cop. She's someone who works off of evidence and... She has intuition. She's using her knowledge. She's using her skills as a detective and all these things to put the pieces together. But she doesn't have a case yet. Right. She doesn't. And, and 
to start to tell people about that is a dangerous proposition because yes. that could lead. What if Spider Man finds out and yeah. he if if she if he's really not Peter Parker she knows then she could be in a very dangerous situation. There's a lot of things yeah. going on here. Also, there's not a lot of people she could talk to about it. Right. Because, I mean, really the only person she could talk to, I guess, would be Mary Jane, who also knows that Peter is Spider-Man, but, like, she doesn't know the Avengers. She's never met the Fantastic Four. She doesn't have a pipeline to them. Yeah. So, But that's a, that's a developing plot. So we'll see where it goes. And finally, issue number seven is superior. Peter says he's using his right hand, but is actually using his left hand. Get it together, Parker. Yeah, take Look, that. he's had a rough year man his body got stolen can't I have some patience oh and we, we hope you had patience for this episode patience. we hope you had patience for this episode of yeah. this week in Marvel as Ryan hear me trails off into classic Guns N' Roses uh, thank Close you guys so much for all your comments and questions and congratulations on hitting 75 episodes and uh, really appreciate you guys listening every week it's it's great um, thanks to the interns for putting this together. Thanks to <laughs> Ben, Strami, and uh, Blake for all the work that they do. And we'll be back with another episode in about a week's time. This is Marvel, your universe. Mm-hmm.